This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Yeah, that's right, everybody. It's a long time to go in that galaxy far, far away as we are talking about Star Wars, specifically the Bad Batch. Even more specifically, we are talking about the first five episodes of the Bad Batch, a.k.a. everything that has been released thus far through Memorial Day coming your way, May 31st, 2021. As I am saying these words, I'm Josh Wiggler. I am... uh, I don't know what the very clever version <laughs> of this is. I'm like a clone of a clone. I'm like the worst batch. Is, You're like a is, copy of a copy? I'm a copy of a copy, and I am here <laughs> alongside the king of the clones himself. Whoa. You heard him on the Clone Wars podcast, and you heard him on our first Bad Batch podcast. And to close out Bad Batch month here on A Long Time to Go he returns, the man behind the Post Show Recaps Twitter account, the man without whom your feedback does not reach my eyes. He is the one of the, 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 the men, uh, the myths behind the Movie Ladder podcast. He is my eternal words with friends nemesis, Brendan Fitzpatrick. Fitzy, what's going on? Josh, good soldiers follow orders, so I'm just here because you threatened to throw me out in airlock if I didn't show up. (laughs) I would never do such a thing. Do you think that I would ever level violence your way? No, but I think you might strand me on a planet full of space creatures just to see how I would handle it. I definitely think that's possible. Uh, And I suppose I have been ruthless on the Words with Friends battlefield. (laughs) uh brendan and i played uh for like two and a half years three years like every single day we played like eight games yeah. of words with friends the i've slowed down yeah. i've slowed down uh yeah, you have josh is very good and i am very bad against josh but yet i can beat other people no we're very I, we're very well matched sometimes you kick my butt and i have no idea what i'm doing uh but i'm not very good at a lot of games and words with friends i'm pretty good at right. uh but this is not a challenge. I'm slow. Uh, I'm semi-retired on Words with Friends. If like you're, if you're reaching out and you're like, wait, you want to play Words with Friends? Like, eh, I guess let me know. I could be convinced to get conned back into it. I'm like slowly <laughs> dipping my toes back. I play Brendan. Like I do one move against you now every like four days. I feel like yeah. yep, just about. I'm going really, 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 really slow. Um, yeah. This is not a Words with Friends podcast. Who would be the best at Words with Friends? Which, for those who don't know, is basically yes. Scrabble of the Bad Batch. So I think you're, I think you're looking at Tech yeah. as the Words with Friends master, and then Wrecker would probably be the worst, and then everybody else probably falls somewhere. I bet, I bet Wrecker is fronting. I bet Wrecker is like secretly a Words with Friends destroyer. Secretly smart, yeah. Yeah, well, he he'll be like uh, he'll he'll know where like you know you put like uh, like Z A J O those corner oh, yeah, big said, words. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, 
So yeah. that's basically what I do. He's he'll the, know how to, he'll know how to work the, the board. Two letter, yeah, he's good at the big two-letter words. Yeah. Limited vocabulary, does not quite understand what the words necessarily mean, <laughs> but can work the board. Right. I may be giving up he, my strategy. He, he does not understand that bribes require money. No. Or credits. <laughs> no. Um, so that's where he's at. That's yes, he, he does know what a bribe is. He just doesn't know how to execute one. We'll just brute strength <laughs> his way through. Um, so we're talking about the Bad Batch. Five episodes have been released. Four since uh, you and I spoke, Brendan. Um, these episodes are, of course, there was the first one, the 75-minute Aftermath. Then mm-hmm. there was Cut and Run. Then there's Replacements. Then there's Cornered. And then there is Rampage. Um yep. What are you thinking so far through, I guess it's it's four weeks of the Bad right. Batch. We're stopping down. It's the end of May. We'll try and pick up again. I think we'll do like a, a, a look back at the Bad Batch season one once it's done. But like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's even slightly close to over. No, apparently, I mean, according to IMDb, it's looking like 16 episodes, which is mind-blowing for a modern TV series, especially, you know, even a cartoon. Um, like that's, I feel like I'm back in the nineties watching, you know, 30 episodes of GI Joe in a year. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like, which I'm not mad about, uh, I'm not like, super mad about it because the investment level is so light. Yeah. Like you, you could sort of jump in and out and take the episodes as seriously as you wanted to, um, for each one. Like, I think that the show is very much filling a certain niche audience and a certain need in the galaxy to sort of fill in spots but not it's doing what we i think we predicted it would do which is like take it or leave it you can take it and you're going to enjoy it if you take it but you can also leave it and you're not going to miss too much but it's a fun story it's cute and i'm enjoying what's happening so far um they're they're bringing in some interesting ideas and interesting characters but so far through five episodes, it doesn't seem like it's the most um gripping. Con- yeah, the most gripping or consequential of our uh of our spinoffs so far. So. Now, uh because you say the word uh cute. And so like yeah. in the parlance of a podcast network that is adjacent <laughs> to us, our friends over at RHAP, uh cute not hot, is this how we describe the bad batch? Like, is this a fun show that is a little bit slight it's cute not hot that's that's exactly what i would say it is the um it is the modern equivalent of what the droids cartoon and the ewoks cartoons were in the 80s i would say yeah they are cute you could follow them and really enjoy them and get some new depth to some characters that you don't spend any time with in the movies too much but it's not going to give you anything, at least so far as we know, through five episodes of Super Consequence. It's just really fun to watch these ridiculous characters get into ridiculous situations and then try to work their way out of them. So um, I was, uh, I, I, rem- I can't remember if we were having this conversation or <laughs> if um, it was a conversation that you were having in the discord uh and i was just spying on it it's hard for me to know sometimes um but i i think it's certainly like whether we were having it or not it was it was something that was uh hitting on the vein of something that i've been thinking Mm. about which is specifically that like it feels like the bad batch has just not been zeitgeisty uh that's a fair point yeah absolutely it feel it feels like people are not talking about the show um yeah including us i mean we're we waited five episodes to do a second 
podcast. Like, it's, which was which was by design, and like you know, we're doing right. the uh, you know, we're doing the the podcast. Um, you know, we're doing we're doing a long time to go. Is like you know, sporadically mm-hmm. throughout a month, you know, month to month, it's a different project. So like that was always going to be the way that we were covering the Bad Batch, and frankly, we weren't going to cover the Bad Batch necessarily because we didn't know when it was coming. It just happened mm-hmm. that it came out like timeline wise this is perfect right like this is right where we are next month we're going into solo uh Mm -hmm. which i have not seen uh the great ben martell is going to be rejoining me to talk about solo i believe he has not seen this movie as well so we're both going to be newbies yeah Yeah, we're both new to it we'll both be watching it and then we'll get into the deeper dives as uh as the month goes on we can bring in the experts to talk to us about what the heck did we just see uh and uh weigh in on you know some of the things from from that film that are uh that are like deep cut star wars that maybe ben and i just have not caught on to um but it it turns out that the bad batch dropped in terms of its actual release date at the same sort of relative point where we are in in the timeline um but yeah. we were ne- we were never going to do a weekly uh you know shot at this show um that was just not t- that was just not in the cards, but like we certainly mm. hope and intend and plan to do that with like say Kenobi, you know, yeah. uh, you know, with Mando season three with Book of Boba Fett, and is is it this like uh, hoity toity uh, live action over animation type of thing? Is that what's going on here? Is it as simple as that, Brendan? Is it that like? The Bad Batch has like brilliant animation. The mm-hmm. choreography on the action scenes, I think, is really, really great. But are like, are the characters gripping people enough? Is the story gripping people enough? Is Disney really like pushing this out the way that it needs to? I'm not convinced that I, those things are necessarily in place. I think that's definitely part of it. I mean, I've never seen a single tweet from a Star Wars Twitter account or a, um, Disney, Disney related Twitter account pumping this series. Like they don't seem to be doing it any favors other than dropping it every Friday morning. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you also have like major outlets that also seem to be ignoring it. Like, I mean, usually these types of shows that drop on Disney plus weekly are covered by your big, big hitters, like your THRs and your varieties and your, you know, and they're they're just not. They're being completely ignored, and I think part of that probably does have to do with it being a cartoon. I mean, because, yeah. like, Rebels didn't get any coverage, and Clone Wars didn't necessarily get any coverage after the premiere of the final final season of that aired, too. So, I mean, you, you, you don't even have podcasts other than ours going out and talking about this show right now. That can't um, be true. There's got there's got to be big bad batch coverage out there, and we just don't we just don't know about it. Don't know about it. Yeah, or I mean, or it could all be live like YouTube stuff because I don't really follow. I know I know that Star Wars is really big on the YouTube scene, and I don't really follow a lot of the YouTube specific recaps. So it's quite possible there's a burgeoning community over there. I think you, were, um, you were saying something like um, like the Ringer hasn't even like mentioned it, right? Like, right. The Ringer hasn't even really mentioned it. Yeah. Like. They had Jason Manzukis on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they really only spent about 10 minutes talking about Bad Batch. And it's like, it was part of a larger nerd out discussion with Manzukis, as one does, because he's a giant nerd and he's fantastic. Right. But, right. Um, yeah, I mean, even they 
aren't covering the show and you would think they would be they they sort of are the the they built themselves up to be the forebearers of nerdy coverage and then they just sort of let this one slip by and that's kind of surprising and i don't know if that's maybe due to the content itself or due to certain people that are no longer with that network championing a show like this yeah um so, i i think because I think that a show that is set in the immediate aftermath of the fall of the Republic is a compelling concept. Absolutely. I, I think that, like, the idea of, like, exploring, like, what does it look like as Palpatine now has the power and, like, how does he, like, sort of, like, um, you know, how, how does he sort of, like, he's amassed the power. How does he utilize it now? How do yeah. we see people like Tarkin in action? And I think mm-hmm. like the Tarkin type of stuff, like that has been like what has interested me the most. Um, yeah. You know, like that stuff I think is, is, is my favorite when, when the show goes there and when the show starts getting into like, um, like the conscripted troopers versus the mm-hmm. clones and how that's a cheaper deal. Just like that feels like kind of like, political and and like tense in in a way that like star wars does not always like capture well um so i love all of that stuff and i and i like the bad batch as a group of characters but i think that i your point about gi joe is interesting like they've Uh got you know like it's echo it's wrecker it's hunter you know it's tech uh it's crosshair like these are gi joe names um they are roger and i'm and and i'm not mad about a uh a gi joe star wars show like that's that's Uh fun and like uh like i can i can definitely get behind that but i haven't yet felt like there has been like i haven't felt like gripped by the omega mystery yet of like who is she really and why is she so pivotally important and like why is she you know uh tagging on with the crew as as hard as she is like i just haven't felt myself get like fully roped in in that regard there's no super urgency and i think part of the issue that i have is that they set up this really cool anti-mystery with tech and or i'm sorry with uh crosshair and the clones in the second episode and then they just sort of ignored him for three episodes. Like we haven't really seen Crosshair in two or three episodes. So we don't really know what's going on on Camino because we've been dealing with, you know, Fennec and the, you know, running away from an alien planet and saving a baby Rancor. And we haven't cut back. So there's not as much dueling narrative as I think usually drives these type of shows. So the fact that we're spending 75% of our time with the Bad Batch and less than 25% probably with the more compelling mystery stuff of what's going on with Crosshair, what's happening on Camino, right. what is this, what is this overarching mystery? And then they introduced a really cool new compelling admiral in Admiral Rampart who had five seconds of screen time. I thought was going to be a really cool new character. And then we haven't heard from him again. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I hear, I hear all of that. And like, for me, like 
I want to hang out with Crosshair, which I don't mm-hmm. know what that says about me necessarily, exactly. Brendan, but like, I, I want to hang out with Crosshair and like, I want to know more about what right. that character's got going on. And I kind of, uh-huh. I, I kind okay. of felt like maybe we were going to be in this place where, um, like the A plot is the Bad Batch and the B plot is like Crosshair and the crew yeah. like hunting him down. That hasn't really been it. That's, you know, yeah, I think exactly. on my expectations, if I'm, if I'm disappointed by that, but I think like I haven't gotten the set, like this feels, it feels more episodic than serialized so mm-hmm. far, even though exactly. there's definitely like strands of story that are, are certainly like going across episodes, like clearly like you're being p- pursued by Fennec Shand. And so like, how is that going to materialize? What is that going to tell us about Fennec Shand pre uh, her next appearance on Book of Boba potentially? Right. Like there's definitely some of these like lingering, you know, bigger picture mythological Star Wars mysteries that are very much still in play. Absolutely. And I think part of the problem with that is that we had no reason to, in our brains, really connect what happened with Fennec with Crosshair and Admiral Tarkin and Admiral Rampart because we weren't given any sort of connective. We just know that she's after them, but we don't really know why or how. And I think the show could have helped thread a narrative through line if they had given us a little more context when she showed up, you know, like at the end of that episode, show her buyer, you know, show who hired her. Don't just have her talk into a faceless recorder, show us who hired her. And then maybe we can feel, feel like these two stories are a little more connected because right now you have Crosshair and his new team dealing with Sagarera and their people, but not actually going after the Bad Batch yet, which seems like that should have been mission A for them instead yeah. of going and wiping out, which, by the way, brutal. Go, sending sending those guys to a, uh, to a to the Sagarera planet and having them wipe out an entire camp was one of the darkest moments in a cartoon I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brutal. So, so like it, it's definitely down to go there. Um mm-hmm. I think like it it it's for me it's running into something akin to like my like and and not just my but like I think like some people some people's like mm-hmm. people's problems with the phantom menace you know right. like sort of like that juxtaposition of like you know like overly cutesy in in your star wars mm-hmm. um and like I'm I'm feeling a a certain amount of that with like the omega storyline yeah um, like, I feel like it, it's a, it's a little bit of a clash of tones and I, I love a show that can, that can be versatile tonally. Like I love yeah. a show that can be both funny and dark and serious, um, at the same time, but I, I do get a little whiplashy with it on the bad batch. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not always sure. Like, what does the show want me to, to feel like, does the show, right. th- does the show want this to be like, uh, like a, like a, you know, like a really like sort of like. Uh, like this doesn't want it to be like more like Saturday morning cartoon vibe this week. Mm-hmm. Is it trying to push something a little bit more intense? Um, it can it can be a little bit hard to hard to track. Uh, yeah, and me. they're 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 hinting at some stuff with Wrecker. You know, for the last three episodes, you know, at the beginning of the episode, talking about how he has a headache, and that's right. like definitely something with his chip malfunctioning which is terrifying like if record turns they're in big trouble it's gonna it's gonna have to come to a head sooner rather than later but i think my problem is it all feels very thinly laid out like the idea that that may not happen for another 10 episodes is sort of like 
you know, big sigh from me. Like, I hope that we deal with that sooner rather than later so that we don't have another nine episodes of him just saying, oh, my yeah. God. Here, you know, so, here, like so here's here's something. Now, please. you 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 know that I am like I am I am a huge advocate for the weekly. Absolutely. I love weekly television. I love being able to like stop down in between episodes, pick apart what happened, like, you know, like soak in the scenes and the character mm-hmm. work and then start doing the theorizing. Like the whole culture around weekly television is just something that is like very ingrained in me and I love and I'm very defensive of. Mm-hmm. So perhaps it is contrary when I say, does this show work better as a binge? Does does the Bad Batch work better as a binge? Because like it's maybe the issue less that it's like it's going to take 10 episodes for like Wrecker's headache to resolve or to like find out it's how more the... that it's going to take 10 weeks. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yes. yeah, that's fair. Um, and I, I think that that may be what my initial hesitation was also to get into a show like rebels is the week to week just for a cartoon seemed kind of ridiculous, but it worked so fantastically on a binge. And I think that this show may, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this show got rediscovered, in a year by a new group of people that fall in love with it when Disney lets people binge it fully. You yeah. know, once all 16 episodes are dropped, people are going to, right around Christmas, people are going to rediscover the Mad Batch when they're home for the holidays and need something to watch. Yeah. And they'll be like, this show is amazing. Why wasn't anybody talking about it? Yeah. So I think a show like this definitely would benefit from multiple episode drops rather than half an hour. Um. um what are some of the uh I would love to know the ratings by the way on the show. I don't mm. think Disney releases that info. No. Um or if they do I've missed it. Um what are what are some of the things that have like stood out to you the most like either mythologically in like the grand scheme of yeah. of Star Wars or in terms of like the specific story of what's going on with these characters i'd love to just like pick your brain as somebody who's like you've seen all of clone wars you've seen all of rebels like you know so much more star wars than i do like from that perspective brendan like what is standing out to you about bad batch so far i do think the world that they are doing a fantastic job of world building and making the galaxy so much bigger and also showing some of the minutiae detail about, you know, for example, you, you mentioned earlier about the conscripted stormtroopers over clones. That's something that we have wondered about and speculated on for, you know, 30 years in the Star Wars community of how exactly did clones get replaced with conscripted army. And it looks like we're going to get an answer to that on this show. And we're already starting to get hints of that. And, you know, it seems like that was Tarkin's idea. And Rampart is going to make sure that it happens. And that is very exciting to me to sort of get into that. And then also just like, it's, it's such a silly thing, but the switchover of Republic credits to Imperial credits is something you never really think about, but they had to rebuild an entire economy as smoothly as possible. And just, you know, you're so come here to ex- exchange your republic credits for imperial credits at this rate and get your what did they call it it was like a secure card or something yeah and it was uh, like it, yeah 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 change, was it, change it, code change the chain code. code which we've heard yeah. about i mean the chain yeah. code the chain code was very uh was very important for uh for the mandalorian 
Yeah. This this is yeah, how how, how Dinjarin was able to track down Grogu, and I think yeah. like up to that point, like had people ever heard what a chain code is? Like, no. No. Um, and it's so apparently it's like, it's like something that's been like really rapidly instituted by uh, by Sheaf Palps. Yeah. And it's really cool because basically what it's allowing them to do when people come to and also, I mean, it's really interesting and also really terrifying because what they're doing when people come to exchange their credits is they also enter them into a database. So she not only will know everyone that is falling into line, but he can use deduction to look up people who didn't register their credits yeah. and exchange their credits and be like, we need to look into these people that didn't fall in line with us because they may be conspiring against us. So it's like a, it's a backhanded way for them to find out which systems are loyal and which systems are not going to be loyal. Yeah. It's sneaky. Sheev. It's super sneaky. So and sneaky. Like it. It's so yeah. sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, you're, you're basically using deductive uh, deductive algorithm because you can see who hasn't registered, you know, which planets didn't register to change their credits over. Right. And those are the ones you send the stormtroopers to first. Yeah. You so know? I like that. I think that that stuff has been good. Yeah. Uh, what really else good. in terms of like, ha- has there been anything that has been like, I don't know. Um, are there are there other moments like the the Freddie Prince Jr. type thing? Yeah. Uh, has, have there been other things that have like been exciting for you as a as a Clone Wars fan that maybe have gone over my head? Like I suspect like Episode Two when they go yeah. and they hang out with Cut. Like Cut's got to be a Clone Wars character. Kids, yeah. yeah. So Cut is a um, clone that defected and fell in love and was hiding on this planet. Um, Rex crashed on the planet during the Clone Wars and was healed by Cut and Sue. He was found uh, by his wrecked ship by Cut and Sue's kids. And they were like, you look like our dad. Yeah. And they took him home and patched him up and Rex promised to never reveal that they were there. But I guess he must have told somebody, he must have told Echo at some point because that's how Echo knew that they were there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very cool to see them, um, and get a little more context for the two of them. And I was so thankful that they, that they managed to get away. Like I was terrified for them the entire episode. I thought like, especially trying to get onto the ship, I was like, there's no way they're getting off this planet. Oh my God. Oh my God. And they, the fact that they actually were able to get away, like actually made me feel better about the show because the show to that point was already, um, was about to get darker with everything that happened um, to Sagarera and his people right. in, you know, in the next one. So, you know, they, it's, I'm glad they didn't hit us with back to back innocent people getting straight up murdered. Cause that would have been very upsetting. Yeah. Um, but you of course have to know uh, that uh, these characters right now are simply uh, they're, they're, they're alive for now, Brendan. Right, exactly. They're alive for now. They could come back. <laughs> you know. They could be gone. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, just because we don't see them doesn't mean that they don't exist, right? Right. If right, we don't right. see them in the future. Yeah. Um the but on top of that, I thought that um I did think that episode three was the best episode. Um because it involved the most uh, mythology building and 
fleshing out of um of the storyline that I think you and I were both the most interested in, which is the switching over of the clothes and everything that's going on with Crosshair. Um, and we get, we um, once again, get the continued usage of good soldiers follow orders, which is, you know, our, uh, our clone mantra for order 66. So I mean, right. we're, we're, we're continuing going with that for now. And I think that's um, cross cutting that idea with, Wrecker's chip starting to malfunction was really, really compelling. Yeah. Um, really, um, really compelling stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of the things that I've enjoyed so far about the show is uh, just like being able to sort of, you know, I, I I love this medium specifically because of sound design um, uh-huh. and uh, the way that it allows you to just appreciate the gifts of an, like the various gifts of an actor. Uh, yeah. And uh, specifically in this, voice acting is just like the way that like you like fully transform into into like a completely different character because that's the only tool that you have at your disposal and i think the people are are rightfully psyched about rhea perlman as sid yeah uh yeah. in this in this most recent episode now is that a character that we had seen before or did she just like randomly show my, up here in not to my uh, recollection. um it's possible she was in an episode of clone wars but not to my recollection um uh-huh. She's a she's a Trandoshan, um, and she seems to be quite the uh, clever girl. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, she's hooked I, I, in. I, she knows a lot. She seems yeah. to be somebody who's like. Um, I feel like she could potentially be. That's the thing too. Is like I think in the early days of a show like this, there's a lot of mm-hmm. like let's establish the characters that we do not. You know, they don't. The show doesn't yet have a you know, an ensemble to, to draw right. upon. Something like Star Wars is a little different because like the world is so vast. Um, and there, you know, yeah. theoretically should be like a bunch of different characters that like you can, uh, uh, yeah. you can, you can draw from. Um, but I think in, in most cases, like this is the opportunity to like, and Mando was doing this too, of mm-hmm. like, let's start like assembling, like these are the, this is the episode that's about this character. And then later on in the season, like uh, uh, Karen Dune, as Latanya likes to call her, yeah. or you know, like all these other characters who are finally starting to show up. 
uh, in like some sort of like assembled way. Uh, you need to get yeah. that out of the way now. So I wonder like how much is this? Like, is this like, are we setting up that cut is out there? Are we setting up that Sid is a character who is going to be recurring? Like, yeah. are the Bad Batch and Fennec Shand going to have a lot more to do with one another? Uh, these are the questions that I've that I've got about uh, the show right now. Yeah, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how the show addresses those. And I, I will be very happy with the show if we continue to amass new ensemble members like Sid, yeah, and like Admiral Rampart, and people that people that are new to the canon, um, open up us to invest in new characters in fun ways rather than just relying on your old standards. Like I actually think the show holding Rex from us is probably a good thing because I think we would be focused way more on Rex and hoping that his story stays the story for the entire thing. If he was already involved. So I think, I think keeping Rex from us, you know, keeping somebody like Vader or Palpatine off the show for now have all been pretty decent ideas to, you know, not make them major characters because now you can invest in, these smaller characters or new characters that you don't know what happens to. Yeah. So, um, are we talking more about the bad batch though? If Darth Vader is on there is my question. Like if they had just like um, gone for like a Darth Vader TV show, because I mean, they do the Darth Vader comic sure. book, you know, they, they're exploring Vader's time in this, in this well, period over at Marvel. Um, right. you know, is, is like the bad batch are only introduced pretty close to the end of the clone wars, right? Final Correct. season. Yeah. 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 So, like, is a show about the Bad Batch? Is this like a half measure? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna explore this period of time, but we need to invent like a new crew of characters. Otherwise, like, we're jeopardizing right. like walking all over the canon, canon, and also yeah. like we're a little terrified to do. Like, should you just go in? Should you just do the Darth Vader show? Like, what is but I this? Think that's what Obi Wan is going to be. I think they are filling the space until Obi Wan is ready to take that. Because I think that's exactly what you're thinking of is exactly what the Obi-Wan show is going to be, in my yeah. opinion. Well, so I think Vader I, should certainly, Vader's certainly going to be involved. We know Hayden Christensen's absolutely. coming back. But, yeah. like, you know, how how involved? Like, how 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 much right. can we see him if he mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan haven't seen each other in a long time by the right. time uh, they, they've reached that fateful encounter on the Death Star? Right. Or is um, it mostly going to be flashback? We don't, we don't know. You know, right. is he going to be in Vader mode or is he going to be in Annie mode or is it going to be a combination of both? We don't know. I, I just think, like, in terms of, like, trying to, like, pick apart why, like, I feel like the show has not like grabbed on. I think, I think probably the number one culprit is like whether they are like uh, conscious or unconscious biases towards animation, I think is definitely mm-hmm. in there. hundred yeah. um, percent. I also think that there is, uh, there is very much something to be said for, um, I I think that like the characters are not like as immediate like they're not they're not loaded with the same level of history that the characters right. who populated the Clone Wars were. Um, you know, it, they are like basically pretty lightly introduced by the end of uh by the right. end of the series. Like uh, that, like it's good for someone like me who has not done like an intense amount of clone warsing and by an intense yeah. amount of clone warsing i mean like i've basically seen the equivalent of two seasons i think right at this point right. um but i i wonder if 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 it's being talked about a little bit more 
if it's centering on characters that we that we know a little bit better. Just and a I thought. Think, uh, I think I think that they at the same time, if you are so focused on an established canon character that it's harder to work in the nerdy things like we saw in episode five, where we have an entire mission centered around rescuing a bounty that turns out to be the rancor for Java's palace. Like you probably don't get that if this is a Vader show or an Obi-Wan show, but you can get that cheesy wink, wink, nudge, nudge backstory for a character you never really knew you wanted the backstory for in Java's Rancor. You know? I mean, Bib Fortuna shows up and, you know, gets his, gets his baby Rancor and you're like, oh, that's so great. Now, oh, but it's also so sad because I know what's going to happen to that Rancor. (laughs) Did you ever read that, uh, the tales from the, from Java's Palace? Yeah. Yeah, The the Rancor Keeper chapter? Yeah, it sort of recanonizes that whole thing but you also see a guy that could be a young version of that rancor keeper in that scene he just doesn't really get any lines yeah but um so if that's the rancor keeper then that's great and they recanonize that story right if it's not then they kind of you know they kind of fudge it a little but um I, I thought it was cute. I, I actually really liked that episode. And I thought the animation for the Rancor versus flying dragon fight was really, really well done. Um, and I thought, because it reminded me a lot of the Godzilla versus King Kong stuff. Sure. Yeah. So the, the, it was, the fights were, I thought the fight was really cool with the Rancor and the I dragon. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure. Um, Let's get into some some feedback, Brendan. Absolutely. Uh, what do we got? You've you've collected the feedback from the people who've been watching. First of all, in the Discord, do you have a sense of like how people seem to be uh, feeling about Bad Batch so far? I think it's been casual casual enjoyment. Casual. Yeah, that's enjoyment. about how I feel it's about very, it. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's very chill. No one's like this. This show actually, I think the word to use is safe. So far, the show feels very safe. Yeah, they aren't they aren't blowing up anything canonically outside of what they did in the first five minutes um, yeah. with uh, of episode one with um, Kanan giving us the Kanan Jarrus backstory that right. we've been wanting from Rebels. Um, that's other than that, they haven't really they've hinted at the at consequential things, but they're sort of playing it low key. They're sort of playing it safe. No, Loki's coming up soon, though. Yeah. Well, that was a hint. That was yeah. A hint. Yeah. Was a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pun, in, pun intended. Yes. <laughs> um, it's on its way. Yeah, it's, it seems very mischievous, this uh, this show. Yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, it'll get there. Um, I think that... I just... I, I think everybody else is sort of feeling the same way I think I said I was at the beginning, which is like 16 episodes just seems like a lot of episodes for a show like this yes for a season and but at the same time you know the clone wars was 21 episodes cartoon seasons you know for most of the seasons and right. rebels is rebels is 13 14 episodes a season did you so, uh you didn't watch those uh you didn't watch that stuff live though did you no i did not no yeah. so that was yeah. the thing is like I didn't have Disney when Rebels was on. So Rebels was on the OG Disney channel. 
um, which nobody, not a lot of people that I knew had. Um, right. But I was able to, I was able to binge it all once Disney Plus came into existence. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of curious, like, uh, what is the, what is the level of, uh, of people who are, uh, huge fans of clone wars and rebels and they watched it weekly versus the binge i i literally yeah. have no idea that's a it's not a rhetorical question i, I would love to know I'd, I'd love to like keep that conversation going in the discord uh because like yeah, is well, this a, is this a new type of experience watching this week to week for for many of the people who are watching the show right now i'm not sure yeah we got a we got a sort of a jace uh piece of feedback from mike bloom after episode three um Mike said, so this was probably my least favorite episode yet, but only really by default. Honestly, I kind of wish they had been spending the entire episode on Crosshair and his new clone group. I'm very happy we went back to him, since I'm concerned after last episode he wouldn't be as recurring. The whole Capacitor storyline, uh, sans the final scene, was sort of a nothing burger, but the ending was very sweet, and I wonder if each episode now will end in some sort of moment for Clone Force 99 and Omega. And that seems to be the case. And I think Mike hit yeah. it, is that this this show really is about developing the relationship between Omega and Clone Force 99 than it is anything else. Right. Um, yeah, I. Uh, that's kind of like the Grogu and Mando yeah. fly off. Exactly. <laughs> And maybe is that maybe is that part of the issue people are having is that it feels too thematically similar to what we just watched in season two of Mando. It's possible. It's that possible. Could, that could possibly be part of it. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, I think that I think that that could be part of it. Um, I I I totally co-sign Mike's view about uh, wanting to see um, <laughs> wanting to see more crosshair. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do feel like we're not quite getting as much crosshair as I would like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, uh, Katakuri also adds that G's for one of, quote, unquote, those episodes. It sure was dark. Crosshair straight up killed the non-compliant replacements and the daughter of the people Sagara left behind. Very much like that, that we're opening up on what's next for Camino angle two. And that's, that's the, that's the unfortunate part because this was written after episode three in hopes that we were opening up more of the Camino arc. And then we didn't. So that's sort of what yeah. this show is doing is like, it's giving people expectations for what they think the future episodes are going to focus on. And so far it doesn't seem to be going back to the thing that people are most interested in. Yeah. You know, and that's unfortunate, but I, I mean, hopefully we'll get there. I, I have hope. I have a new hope for the show. But, <laughs> um, yeah. But so far, you know, five episodes, it's probably, you know, it's a, it's a B. It's a B for me. A yeah, B for I Bad th- Batch. I think that's yeah. right. I think, a, I think a, a B for Bad Batch is fine. And look, uh, I, I, a, a B, uh, my a God, uh, un- yeah. underrated. An underrated grade, you know. Sometimes, like uh, you know, being just fine is more than right. more than enough. Uh, yeah, well, sometimes, well, yeah. Eric, sometimes that's Eric, all you need. Yeah, Eric Dynastine wants to know where we actually think this is 
go all going at this point moving forward and i mean i know that's a pretty broad question but yeah um with 11 episodes left like where do we where do we want to see the show go well so so one thing that i do think is is pretty clear to me is that um the the crosshair stuff i don't i don't imagine that's getting resolved until uh until the end of Very the season again. Okay. um and and theoretically i i am not mad about that at all uh mm-hmm. like i think in uh in 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 practice that might be a little harder because of what we're talking about here with some of like the man it's a little hard to like capture my mm-hmm. interest on the week to week when it's just like you know the 20 minute episode and like things are happening fast and yet they also feel like not enough is happening mm-hmm. um so i can imagine that like you know sustaining what's it going to be? Gosh, it's going to be, you know, 15 weeks or so of the right. show, not from this point forward. I think like about 10 more weeks. Yeah, we got about 11 more. Yeah. You know, um, that that's going to be, that's going to be tricky for some people. Uh, I okay. And I, I group myself in some people, but like, I think that like that stuff is going to wait until close to the end of the line. You may mm-hmm. have like some sort of like final arc that's pushing towards that would be my guess in terms of like um, whatever's happening with Wrecker and his reaction to the inhibitor mm-hmm. chip. I feel like is going to like they're they're not going to have two members of the Bad Batch turn would be my right. guess. Although that would actually be cool and surprising, and I would be very here for that. I think that that could be uh, rather compelling, actually. Um, A thought I think just occurred to me. Um, so we we are sort of hinting at and building towards um, going places that Rex previously has been. Rex knows how to remove an inhibitor chip. So maybe our mid-season episode eight, episode nine arc is we finally catch up with Rex and Rex takes down Wrecker and is able to remove his chip for him. Exactly. So I think that might be, I think that might be where we're heading for mid-season. That, that tracks really well. Um, that tracks. I think that makes sense. Something like that, because Mm -hmm. then what that, what that does is, of course, like we are now able to, uh to to figure out like how to save crosshair yeah exactly Exactly. Uh, and then like a season two arc is either like crosshair uh is not like comfortable coming back to the bad batch and so he's like out on his own and so he's sort of just like this like kind of like rogue element out there um or it's going to be something like uh he's with the group and he's still like he's like he's like feeling a certain kind of way and other members right. are feeling a certain kind of way and like his reintroduction to the group is causing a lot of problems. Right. Um I see something like that being like more of a season 2 issue or okay. it could it could be depending on how it paces out it could be like a back half season 1. Right. Um sure. I, but I, I think w- about like do you did you ever watch uh, Beast Wars the Transformers show? No, I didn't. <laughs> um the the Dinobot character is sort of like uh-huh. where I see things going for uh for Crosshair where he was Got like it. uh in in Beast Wars uh the Dinobot uh Dinobot was uh, initially a Predacon. Uh yeah. they were Maximals and Predacons, not Autobots and Decepticons on on Beast Wars. Uh and he was a Predacon who like leaves the Predacons and joins up with the Maximals and there's always like um some tension there as to whether or not he is like legitimately with the crew 
Like, is he is okay. he legit? Is he like somebody who we can trust, or is he uh-huh. kind of a nightmare person? Uh, yeah. And I think that an uh, an arc with uh, with with um, Crosshair in, in that regard yeah, feels I, pretty likely to me. I'm, I'm, I sort of keep going back and forth with Crosshair about whether he is going to be able to rejoin the Bad Batch or whether he the end goal at, or the end scene at the end of this season is they have to take down Crosshair and he doesn't come back. Right. Um, and that's sort of the compelling narrative drive, I think. I think our final few episodes will definitely center around them trying to fix, quote-unquote, fix Crosshair and Crosshair either want, help, wanting to be fixed or saying you can't fix what was never broken right? and staying a bad guy and then they have to take him out. Yeah. You know, um, so we'll see. Um, I, for one, I actually think he's more compelling as an antagonist than rejoining the group. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of think rejoining the group is too much of a hard reset. Yeah. For the show, for a second season. Um, I think you have to sort of break up this crew a little bit. Um, in order for, in order for the show to feel like it meant something. I get that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do. Even though it's a cartoon, it still needs to. I feel like it. It needs to have stakes, and I think that that also could be what some people are feeling hesitant about. Is so far the show, we don't know what the stakes are yet. Yeah, the stakes sort of seem to be shifting goalposts. Because I thought I knew what the stakes were at the end of episode three, and then we spent two episodes planet hopping where Omega gets into some sort of mischief and has to be rescued or the bad batch gets into mischief and she has to rescue them, right. which I thought was cute. I, I, again, cute, not hot, but really yeah. good, like good stuff. It's still very well written and very well executed. Um, but it's not as compelling as the stuff that was happening with Crosshair in episode three. Yeah, I don't think so. And, you know, it is the kind of thing where like, there is a world where, um, this uh, this show uh, was like so undeniably great that like mm-hmm. we were just like all right well we're gonna do like weekly bad batch coverage now like we yeah. just have to do it um, and there's so many shows that that get there yeah. uh, that like need Absolutely. some time to warm up that yeah. I think like especially as we're saying like from a B to you know uh to an a is not an impossible arc like that feels like very doable i mean that's something that that's something that rebels did between its first and second seasons i mean season one of rebels is a solid b but you're not really sure that you're fully invested and then episode uh season two comes along and just in my opinion is one of the greatest seasons of star wars television ever produced i mean it's it's incredible i love it and yeah you know, I, I all everybody on the Discord knows that I am a you know, if somebody wants me to recommend them one thing to watch, it's gonna be the two part season two finale of Rebels. Yeah. Just watch it. You'll love it. It's great. Uh well <laughs> but, Rebels um, is coming up not terribly yeah, long from now. Uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do solo first and then we're into Rebels before Absolutely. we go to Rogue One. Um yeah. I suddenly have some time on my hands, uh, <laughs> Brendan. So I am I am uh I, and I, and you think that I could do Rebels without having gone super deep on Clone Wars? Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, Great. You'll, you'll Great. be absolutely fine. It's it's because it's not really too connected. 
Um, it's connected enough that, but you know enough of the backstory of Clone Wars that you'll be fine. Yeah, cool. Um, I look forward to that. Speaking of which, uh, so Eric also wanted to know, do we think that we'll actually see Kane and Jarrus again on this show? Um, my, my gut says no, because I feel like he, we would have gotten some clue of him or hint of him in the last four episodes. Yeah. But I won't do that if we do, because yeah. I think he's a great character, but how much can you do with 12 year old Kane and Jarrus? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be curious to see them try. Do you know enough about the character's um, backstory in Rebels to know whether or not it would be possible for him to be like spending any meaningful time with uh, the Bad Batch? Not any meaningful time, I don't believe. But yeah. um, we we know that he basically hides out, eventually gets taken on by a pirate crew led by Harrison Nua and falls in love with her and their relationship is well established by the time Rebels starts. So there, there is a book that came out a couple years ago that gives a little bit more of the backstory of teenage Kane and Jarrus falling in love with Hera. Um, but that's about it. Like, I mean, it's not, details are a little fuzzy, especially around this time. So, I mean, you could see him again on this show. Yeah. I will be surprised if it happens, but I will also be delighted if it does. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'll probably see him sooner on, uh, on, uh, Rebels would be my bet. Yeah. I don't expect that we see him again by the end of season one. And I, uh, unless I I do this wrong, I will be watching Rebels before then. Good. I hope so. I think, and I think I'm okay with that too. I mean, because I think we have said this before, like sometimes Star Wars has a tendency to rely too much on its own self-referentialness. Yeah. Instead of establishing new people. Yes. And I'm, I would be more happy if we happened upon a random Jedi that we've never heard of yeah. who managed to survive the purge than meeting Kanan Jarrus again. Yeah. I'd be you fine with that mean? as well. I'd, I'd be yeah. fine with a new. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, it's, listen, I'm, I'm sort of like, I want both things. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, I'm a terrible <laughs> fan. Enough. You know, uh, where like I both simultaneously want like there to be a a situation where you are having a Darth mm-hmm. Vader show, and also like don't show me too many characters. <laughs> right? Know? Exactly. Like, exactly. Can, That's can problem, both yeah. things are both things doable? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that's the question I've got. I don't know. Yeah. Um It's what like there doing? there is a sweet spot, Brendan, and I just don't know. Uh, I, I don't know too. if we've gotten there yet. Well, here's the thing. Um, so Trevor Chong wrote in, and if you're down for it, and we m- probably are going to be finished with this series before we record another episode. So are you down to do a little drafting of established characters that we think might make an appearance in this series? Yes, yes, absolutely. Let's do uh, it. Um, I think, uh, how do you, you want to do this? I think we each draft three characters um he said films only but i'd like to open it up to films and um clone wars sure you get get to do that like obviously like i've got no idea what's going on there uh but uh i'm i'm fine with that especially because i think i'll probably go movies more fair enough fair enough um we'll just go back and forth i mean snake drafts are stupid with two people so um okay how do you want to do this you want to start us off 
I will let you go first because you are the Darth Vader. Darth Vader, you got it. Darth Vader. Uh, and this is by the end of season one? By the end of season one. Who are we Darth getting? Vader. Darth Vader, uh, they're, they're going to want to like set up, uh, what's it called? They're going to try and yeah. show up. Uh, Absolutely. They're, yeah, they're going to try and get us like psyched up for, uh, for Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, so that's part that's of why. Uh, there's also going to be uh, the fact that like the Bad Batch are unruly and yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin's going to be annoyed. And also like, here's the thing. Crosshair returns to the Bad Batch. Let's say okay. that that happens, okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, suddenly, like, there isn't really like an interesting like physical villain yeah. on the dark side anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. So, who do you bring in? Who do you bring in to like go tete a tete with Tarkin? Well, here's the thing: is that I think you could actually, because these are non-force using characters, you can bring a bring in a non-force using bad guy, and that's why my number one draft pick is going to be Boba Fett because yeah. we already that's saw good. Fennec. So the next natural step is maybe she calls in her good friend Boba Fett for backup. In tracking down the batch and getting them. Do they know each other uh, by this point? Um, Or when they, when they, uh, obviously they're super close in, in Mando, but like, do they have backstory together? We don't, we don't really know. We don't really know yet. Um, It's, it's a wide open. I mean, the bounty hunters are all part of a guild. So it's, they can say that they met at any point, really. Sure. On where maybe they were going after the same target and then, realized that they could work together and that's how they became friends. Got I it. mean, you know, you, you just don't know. Um, they, there's, it's wide open to establish that canon for sure. Um, okay. Um, so my, my turn then like just following that line down, he's been evoked already. Sure. Uh, show me, show me job of the hut. <laughs> right. Oh no, we have the mighty butt. How are we, how are we not supposed to get, uh, how are we not supposed to get? I think we'll get some job. I think that's. I think a we're great gonna call. get some. Yeah, I, I think, think it'll be fine. That feels right to me. We got we got we didn't mention Bib Fortuna too much. We did get Bib Fortuna the last episode, and I thought that was an unexpected um, person to pop up. I thought that was a really great idea. Yeah. So I I because that's not somebody that we would be in a draft like this. Yeah. Um. Speaking of people that may not be thought of as being in a draft like this. But what is a Star Wars series without Bail Organa? Sure, yeah, Jimmy I mean, Smith. Jimmy, what is Jimmy Smith's got going going on right now? And so it is. I even yeah. almost wrote Jimmy Smith instead of Bail Organa, but I think we can. I think we can see Bail Organa pop up, especially if we're going to continue making little hints about the systems that are refusing the changeover from Re- Re- Republic to Imperial credits. Um, yeah. We can see some behind the scenes. Uh, shenanigans. So, yeah, I, I'd be very interested to see what Bale is up to right now. Um, well, then, how's this for okay. uh, potentially a swing? Um, what if, if we're going to see Bale Organa, is it time to show us animated Princess Leia? Toddler Leia? I mean, she'd be a Could, toddler at this point. But she'd yeah. be a. T- she'd be right now. She'd be an infant, right? Oh, true. Yeah, she would be infant. Yeah. 
Uh, so is it, should we see, could we see baby Princess Leia on the show? If we're going to see... I think it's possible. If we're going to see Bale, if we're there's gonna see just baby, like, there's no way we don't see uh, right. baby Leia. Would be exactly. My guess. I think if we're going to see baby Luke, I think the odds of seeing baby Luke in uh, the, the Kenobi show are probably very high. Yeah. So maybe they want to give us the other side of that on this show and give yeah. us baby Leia. I think that's a fair point. Um, and on those same lines, to give you a little tease for your upcoming solo journey, give me the baddest Tabana gas miner in the galaxy. I will take Lando. I think we could get a young Lando. I thought you were going to say young Darth Maul. I guess he wouldn't be young because no, Darth, Maul, be young. Darth, Darth Maul Maul's like, coming, right? He could yeah. be. Uh, he's still and he's still active at this point in the Bad Batch. Excellent. Uh, yes. So you got to imagine that we get some Darth Maul action at some point. That would be very good. But I, I'd like to. I'd like to round out my pick. I like it with Lando, and I think getting a Lando cameo would be a lot of fun. Like, uh, I think he'd be very young Lando at this point, maybe just starting out his uh, piracy. Yeah, when you say you know, it like that, though, it makes me feel like uh, getting like a cameo from Lando. I would love to get a cameo from Billy D. Williams. Oh man, yeah. is he on a cameo? Let's find out. I don't know. Yeah, Billy D. Williams <laughs> cameo. Like Are you on cameo? Nah. <laughs> uh, He's clean. He would clean up. Oh he wait, he... Billy D. Williams cameo. Uh, it does appear that he's on cameo. Oh, oh man, for how much? Three hundred dollars. Wow, that is reasonable. Um, <laughs> that is reasonable. You know, that's a very reasonable rate for Billy D. Yeah. Williams that's, for a three hundred dollar cameo. Yeah, I I'd take it. I take it. Yeah, oh, I take that as well. Uh, All right. Well, what are the stakes? For this draft? Yeah, what are the stakes for this draft? We did not establish any stakes. Um, I think we just did a $300 cameo from... Cameo from Lives. Yeah. I'm down for that. Uh, You know, I'll I'll front the cost. I've got it. Uh, But the question is, like, who gets the cameo? Exactly. exactly. You get the cameo or I get the cameo? Like, who gets to design the cameo? Well, hello there, Josh. If if you win, (laughs) you get to design the cameo. Fantastic. And if I win, I get to design the cameo. And we've got to hope that by the end of the season, Billy D. Williams is still doing cameo. Oh, man, I hope so. Because if not, then we have to reestablish the stakes. Then we'll we'll have to default to Jimmy Smith. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure Jimmy Jimmy Smith is on cameo. Jimmy Smith cameo. Uh, he doesn't seem to be on cameo, Jimmy uh, Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, Timur um, Morrison is, so we could always do Boba Fett if we have to. All right, cool. All right. We can, it's a little less exciting than Billy. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Brendan, any yeah. anything else? Uh, no, I think we well covered it, and I I hope people don't think we were too down on the show. It's more that we just really hope that um that they get back to sort of focusing on the more um, intriguing plot lines. But I think a lot of what they're doing has been really fun. I mean, dressing Echo up as a droid to have him infiltrate a droid facility to try to get their ship out of Hawk and earn money was a really brilliant, brilliant move. And I wish they had done more with that, but I thought that was a really cool, um, really cool thing in episode. What was that? Episode two or three? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that yeah. was that was really fun. And then yeah, I mean it's just it's been oh, that was episode four. Yeah, episode four cornered with yeah. with Beck. 
yeah, I mean, they, they've done some really fun, exciting stuff. Um, and I, I think that the show really has nowhere to go but up, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah I think for me, it's more like it's it's a, it's too early to like fully evaluate the show it had mm. like sometimes sometimes a show comes out the gate swinging and you're just like oh this is incredible this right. has not been that for me uh which is fine i think that there is still like plenty of time for that to change potentially um yeah. and i think that the show with the pedigree in- involved you know it's a star wars show dave filoni directly involved like it has it has beyond earned the right to take its time figuring out um exactly what it's going to be you know what i mean like it's it's not it's yeah it's not there it's not there yet for me it might be there for certain people certain people might already be like oh no uh this show is is doing it for me a hundred percent uh and if that's you that's great um who are we to yuck anyone's yum as we say it's not something i'm trying to do yeah Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to yuck your yum i'm trying to to just uh keeping keeping it real in terms of how how uh I'm feeling about the show um but like there is there is so much time uh for the show to figure itself out and that's Absolutely. what I want more than anything like I think yeah. I want that more than I want like some like you know kind of arbitrary feeling uh uh, like the show needs to be a certain thing like I Absolutely. want the show to be whatever it's gonna be um right. I, I just want it to be like sure of itself and it needs to find the time to, to get to that place and it's going right. to get there. Uh, and it's just not totally there yet. Um, but I'm excited about the possibilities. Like there's a yeah. lot of season left. It's a long season, yeah. uh, which is, which is exciting. Uh, but you know, sometimes that can also be like lightly frustrating for people. Uh, and I am uh, nothing if not people. <laughs> I am a people too. I am also a people. people. We are just simple people trying to make our way in the universe. That's what I keep hearing. Um, <laughs> Brendan, where can people find you? You can find me co-hosting the Movie Ladder podcast with my good friend Zach Brooks on uh, Anchor or Spotify or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. Uh, last week, we did Chloe Zhao's The Writer. And okay. we're following that up this week with Last of the Mohicans, which I have Ooh. not watched and need to watch later tonight. So, oh, you've never seen Last I've of the Mohicans? I've never seen Last of the Mohicans, oh, but I'm very man. excited to. And it's, oh, it's Michael Mann, so there's Daniel Day-Lewis. There's a lot of oh, interesting yeah. ways we could go from this one. Um, if you like two dudes sitting around watching movies and talking about them and sometimes having cool guests like Haley Strong or Amy the Intern or Megan the Librarian or Grace Leader or Kevin Mahadeo was on a couple weeks ago to talk about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon... And Josh, having Kevin on a podcast was so much fun. Kevin I, is very fun to podcast he's with. He's he'll do. He'll, he will. He will always give you a take. Yeah, uh, he, there he will be no wishy washiness, no fancy yeah. fencer dinning from Kevin. Yeah. Kevin tells you what's on his mind. Yeah, I, I hope people check out uh, check out the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Ladder Movie or at the Ladder Movie Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me at Fidzy Brennan on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. Um, that's about it. That's about what I got going on. Cool. Awesome. Uh, of course, I'm at Round Howard. Yeah. Send me your tweets. Uh, you can also email Josh at PoshoRecaps.com if you've got any feedback about this podcast or any of the other podcasts for a long time to go as we are about to move forward into solo territory, which again... Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Uh, I haven't seen it. It just no didn't happen. For solo. 
Yeah. That's I mean, like, I, I know, I know the Darth Maul thing and that's literally all I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know anything beyond that. I have, I have no idea of what I'm getting myself into. I think some people really like it and then other people are kind of whatever on it. Is that right? I actually have not rewatched it since seeing it in the theater. There were good parts and bad parts. It sort of, it does the, it does a lot of the, what, what I would call bad fan service in the, in the beginning of it. And yeah. then it gets better. It gets better as the movie progresses. Um, yeah. The back half of the movie, in my opinion, is better than the front half. They spend a lot of time, quote unquote, answering questions about Han Solo that nobody asked. So, yeah, yeah it's just a, there's like, a little bit he, of like How did he get his name? Yes, exactly. Okay, literally yeah. a question that no yeah. one has ever asked. No one asked. has ever asked. Like, that's the type of, quote unquote, bad fan service. Like, yeah. it's like, here's an answer to a question nobody needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So How did he become Han Solo? Said no one. Exactly. How did he get, you know, the? but then you get into the, you know, how did he get the Millennium Falcon? And that is really fun because it involves a really fun character that you're right. very happy to have on your screen. Sure. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's good. It's got, it's got good and bad. I'm excited to rewatch it. Um, sometime in the next couple of weeks because I have not seen it since it was in theaters. So. Alright, so keep an eye on your podcast feed for that solo podcast to drop. I think it's going to be next week is what we are Excellent. currently aiming for. Uh, and we'll have an, another solo podcast later in June as well. So two solo mm-hmm. podcasts in June. And then we get into then we get into Rebels. So I got to get to watching, I think. Uh, so I'm probably going to I'm going to watch solo and then I got to just like hop into to Rebels. So I have some takes ready because uh, I would like to watch it because I know it is uh, it is wildly adored uh, mm-hmm. by by you and many other people whose opinions I, I trust. Yeah, uh, Brendan. Yeah. Um, so keep uh, tuning in for for that. Um, keep the conversation going with us on Twitter or in the Poster Recaps Patron Discord. If you are not yet a member of the Poster Recaps Patron Discord, what you're waiting for? It's the start of a month. Uh, we're what? right at the we're right at that point. This is the perfect time to sign up for the Post Show Recaps Patron Program where you get exclusive podcasts. You get a, a at the $5 level, you get so many exclusive podcasts. At the $10 level, you get to join the Discord, which is just populated by some of the most amazing uh, uh, human beings that I've ever met, let alone Star Wars fans that I've ever met. The Star Wars audience uh, that we have uh, we've built, the community there has just been tremendous, really great people. Um, yeah. If that sounds like something that's appealing to you, now is a really, really good time to like sign up, check out what it's all about. We keep talking about it. You're like, hey, what are you talking about? I, I'm, I'm ready to see this thing. I want to I know for myself. Well, come find out. Come join us. Come see what we got going on. Uh, Patreon.com slash recaps is the way to subscribe. That's Patreon.com slash recaps. Brendan, um, we'll, uh, we'll certainly talk again once the Bad Batch Absolutely. ends. And uh, hopefully we will have uh, we will have that Billy D. Williams cameo in tow if someone reminds us. Yeah, I, well, I have it in the notes, so we will not forget. All right, great. I'll keep. Uh, I will continue to keep notes on every single episode as we go until we get the finale. So. All right, great. Yeah, and definitely keep talking to Brendan about the show because you're like Absolutely. watching. You're watching very closely week to week, and like a lot of the stuff is going over my head. Uh, sadly, <laughs> I I am a casual Star Wars fan when it comes to this stuff, so uh, I apologize if my takes are not uh, to the to the level of your standards. Uh, the royal you out there, the royal Princess Leia 
as well. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to who will uh, appear as a baby, and as a result, I will win the Billy D. Williams cameo. Josh, Josh, if it keeps going this way, we're gonna have to replace you with a conscripted conscripted podcaster. Uh, <laughs> it's cheaper. <laughs> uh, you know, try cloning me. Let's see what happens. Oh, Lord. I'd, I'd be interested. I'd be well, you interested. You know, when you make a copy of a copy, then it's not as good as the other copy. And- yeah. I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous to submit myself for the cloning. I don't think I'd want to meet a Wiggler clone. No. No. Sounds, that sounds scary. That doesn't we are sound lucky right. to have him. Yeah. I think I'm out on it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right, everybody. We will be back soon with our coverage of Solo. Until then, everyone, take care. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.